Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. In this session, I'm extremely excited and honored to introduce one of the earliest influences I had when I got started in business. His name is Brad Sugars. He runs a company called Action Coach, which got started in 1994. It's grown significantly to where it is today. Now, Entrepreneur Magazine ranks it as the number one leading business coaching franchise in the world. It operates in over 54 countries, has more than 1,000 offices, and they're coaching more than 1,500 businesses every single week. Now, I first came across Brad's work in the early 2000s when I attended one of his workshops called the Billionaire in Training. It was here in Australia, up on the Gold Coast, and it was all about buying, building, and selling businesses. Now, what I loved about it was the systematic approach that it took, and you'll very much see that influence in all of the work that we do, particularly here at System Hub. Now, he's an internationally recognized businessman. He's asked to speak all around the world, so sometimes it can be hard to lock him down for some one-on-one time, but we've been fortunate to have Brad make some time available to pre-record this session for the summit. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Brad Sugars to the Business Systems Summit. Hi, I'm Brad Sugars and uh, welcome to this live video. Today we're learning about management and leadership and I want to say that leadership is one of the biggest problems in business. Now, not because leadership is bad, but because there is a lack of management leading to the leadership. Now, let me explain that for you. See, ultimately, leadership is something that everyone is studying. They've read the books. They've been to the seminars. If you go on Amazon or you go on any bookstore, there's a massive segment of books on leadership, but there's very few books on management. Now, the challenge with that, well, in fact, if we think back, the last best-selling book on management was probably the, the One Minute Manager back in either, when was that, the, the late 80s or, or uh, sorry, late 70s, I think it was, or early 80s. Now, if we take a look at why management has disappeared and how management, the lack of it and the leadership, well, actually, first, let's define what the two of them are. See, management is about creating competent, productive people. Management is about productive people that have a level of competence, that know what they're doing, they know how they're doing their job. So if if a company has people that don't know what they're doing, there's, there's a lack of competency or there's a lack of productivity going on, that's a management problem, okay? Now flip that over and say, all right, leadership. Leadership is about creating passionate, focused people. So if, if the people in the organization lack passion and lack the, that motivation to do their job and they're not focused on where they need to be going, then that's a leadership issue. So let's define the two separately. Now, the challenge that confronts most business people today is that, well, the business has been really well built from a leadership perspective, but because of the lack of management, we've got people that aren't good at their job and they're not that productive, but we're getting them passionate and excited and we're not getting the results we want to get. So how do we get the results we want to get in business? Well, it's not actually that complex. We've got to have good management. We've got to have good leadership. Now, does every person need to be both? Not necessarily, but... There are definite management traits that we want to be built into every leader. And there's definite leadership traits we want built into every manager. So I suggest that we learn both key skill sets so that we can actually do this. Now, if we think back, 
when management, well, in fact, let's look at most companies today. If someone gets promoted to be a manager in a company, what level of training do they get as management training? These, in this day and age, the, relative, the amount of management training or the lack of management training for most people actually out there in business is extraordinarily high. Now, why is it that people don't get management training in companies? Well, I think that management got a bad rap somewhere in the, maybe in the 90s or early 2000s, where people said, well, you don't need to manage your people, you need to lead them. And it was kind of like leadership said management was a bad thing. But hang on a second, we've got to have competent, productive people if we want to get the job done in any business. So we do need to learn management skills. We need to understand what those management skills are and how they work. And then we need to understand leadership as well. So today we're going to focus in on both leadership and management. So management is where we start, though, because if we see negative behaviours in an organisation, normally it's a lack of management. So if I see things like people playing, uh, you know, they're in denial about how good they are, they think they're better than they are, or their lack of responsibility, these people are blaming others, there's no team cohesiveness... You know, a lot of these things are basically around lack of management, for want of a better term. I know sometimes we say it's bad management, but the reality is most people are quite lazy managers. They give someone a task and then they don't even agree a time frame or a schedule or a, a plan to get it done by. So let's take a look at how we become good managers as well as how we actually operate as good leaders. So the five main points of management I want to talk about today. Number one, do they know their job? Do they actually know what their job is? If you were to sit down with your top 10 employees and say to them, listen, write a list of what you think your job is. Write down the top five things, the top 10 things you think your job is. And at the same time, you're writing your list of what you think their job is. See, most employees don't actually know what is required of them. They don't know specifically what is required of them. Their job description is too vague and, and there's no reality around what they're doing, why they're doing it. So if I look to the basics of the start of management, it starts with a really good job description where people know what there is expected of them, know how they're supposed to do it and know why they're supposed to do it. Now, let's take a look at actually building... Well. For majority of employment positions, I want to use checklists and systemization. See, someone said to me the other week, well, Brad, you know, my staff aren't doing a great job. And I said, good, show me the checklist they're supposed to follow. And, of course, there's no checklist for them to follow, so therefore, how can they be doing a good job? You know, give your people checklists, give them systems so that they can be competent at the job that they're doing and get actual results for you in the business. If you want good management, you need people to know what their job is, what they're expected to do, at what level they're expected to do it, like what is the performance standard of that job, the time frame it should be done in, and an agreed time. See, when you're a manager and you give someone a job and you don't agree a time frame of when they need to finish that job, that's just lazy management. And I know some people say, but Brad, that's like micromanaging. Yes, some employees need micromanaging until you've built their competence, until you've built their ability to do it. You won't have to do it forever, but this is part of the training or the coaching or the managing and mentoring of these people so that they actually become good at their job and productive at their job. So... Firstly, make sure they know what their job is. Give them checklists, give them a great job description, agree what their job is and, and do that. Secondly, 
And, and I believe this is something that every person in every business should do, whether you're the owner or, or, or the janitor. You should have a daily list at the end of every single day of what you've got to achieve the next day. If you want higher productivity out of your people, literally make sure before they leave the office, before they leave the warehouse, wherever they work, they've written a list of what needs to be done and what needs to be achieved tomorrow. If you're not doing that, your productivity is much lower. We've found about a 30% increase in productivity with employees once we start doing that. Now, as a manager, you can can see that list. We get them to leave it on their desk or hang it on their locker or wherever it is on their clipboard. As a manager, you can take a look at that list. Now, the daily lists is one thing. And of course, you want them to learn how to prioritize it. And you want them to learn how to make sure they put it in a time frame and they diarize it for the next day. But at least start with the list. Don't, don't worry too much. I mean, think about it this way. The last time you went away for a period of time, whether it was a holiday, vacation, whatever it was, you made a list of what needed to be done before you went away. You got the list done and hey, presto, I was thinking. Checklists lists work very well as part of management and, and if you want to manage people better, definitely have them knowing their job but you also know what you're doing with them. Now that daily list then becomes a weekly list. Now why do we want that to become a weekly list? Well very simply put, we're going to have two meetings with all of our employees. See, I, I want you to get away from being a reactive manager and start learning how to be a proactive manager. See, reactive management started with that whole open door policy. Oh, my door is always open. You can always come and ask me a question. So what ends up happening is they end up coming at any time of the day and asking you stupid little questions and you give them an answer. Now, answering them is one of the biggest things that most managers have to stop. If you're going to train someone to do something, you've got to stop answering them and you start, you've got to start asking them questions. Questions are a major part of the tool of a good manager. So a good manager will ask their employee questions and get the answer from the employee. So it makes them think, it makes them understand what they need to do. And, and that's really a lot of what you need to be working on is making sure those employees know their job, know what they should be doing, but making certain that they're putting it into a list, into a checklist so they can follow it and, and do that stuff. Now, on a Friday, we also get our employees to do a list of what has to be done the next week. And here's where the two meetings come in. One meeting is a team meeting. It's with you with your direct reports. And, and most people have about eight direct reports. More than that, it's too hard. You spend most of your time managing. Less than that, you're not managing enough people to, to warrant being paid as a manager, I guess. So on the Monday morning, you have a whip meeting with people, the work in progress. If you've got eight people on your team, all of them sit around the desk, you've got their list from Friday, you go through everyone's list of what needs to be done and achieved this week, and you communicate. See, part of management, part of competency, part of building productive people is they know where they fit in the, to the whole scheme of things. So if you're having a, a talk with people and Mary's got a job and Bob and Mary have to work together, then in that Monday morning meeting, you're communicating together with them. You're setting time frames. You're setting standards by which jobs will be done. You're making good notes on theirs so you as their manager can help manage them doing those productive tasks. That meeting, now when you first start doing that, I mean it's going to probably take you an hour, two hours. When you get good at it, it'll take you about 35, 40 minutes with your direct reports. Once they've learned how to do it, once you've learned how to do it. Now, the second meeting you can have with every employee each week is a one-on-one -on -one meeting, usually done on a Thursday. Again, when you first start out, it'll probably take an hour. Eventually, you'll get down to about 20 minutes. Now, there's three things you're going to talk about in that meeting. Number one, their list. You're going to go over their, their projects, what they're working on, the tasks they're doing, everything that they're, that they're making happen. And then the second thing you're going to talk about in that meeting is you're actually going to sit down with them and go over their key performance indicators. Now, I'll get to... Uh, well, let's deal with that right now. 
The third major thing of, of management is measurement, okay? So I, I just want to touch on it, and then I'll come back to it in a minute. You measure two things with employees. Number one, their activities, and number two, their performance. So you have key activity indicators. What is their activity that they must do every day, day in and day out, to whatever standard? And then you have key performance indicators, which is the result of those activities. So that's what we should be looking at. And we, we call it six by six in our organisation, where we have six activities and six performances that we measure with each person. Now, that's the second thing you're going to talk about in that Thursday meeting. I'll come back to the measurement in a moment, so don't panic that I haven't given you enough detail on that one. The third thing you're going to talk about in that meeting is where they're at with the, what they're doing. Now, if, if let's say during the week they had they messed something up, you don't try and coach them in the moment they messed it up. You don't try and educate them the moment they messed it up. In the moment they messed it up, all you want to do is get it fixed and get it to the customer or get it fixed and, and, and get it completed. So instead of when something goes wrong, asking the stupid question of why did this go wrong, to which you can only get people giving you excuses or blaming someone else, we ask questions along the lines of, okay, what are the three things we need to do to get this out to the customer in the next 10 minutes? Notice there's three parts to that question. There's a time frame, next 10 minutes. There's a detail orientation, what are the three things? And it's forward moving. It's not what went wrong, it's, hey, we need to know what we've got to do to get this to the customer. So it's that type of management questioning. See, these are some of the basic management training that people just don't get anymore. And this is one of the killers of management or lack of management is that people just aren't trained in this stuff. And if they're not trained in it, then it's, it's very difficult for them to, to get results. Now, in that, that meeting where it's one-on-one, -on -one, if they did have a problem during the week, you sit down with them in the meeting and ask them about it, not at the exact moment it went wrong. You ask them about it in the meeting and say, okay, is this a training issue? Do we need more training? Is there a system that's missing? Or is it just you being stupid and not really thinking about what was going on? Because in most cases, it, it, it's, they'll be happy to admit that they just made a mistake in that environment. But when you, if you brought it up and they first did it, not going to bring that. They're just not going to be happy about that. So... Make sure they know their job. Make sure you've got daily lists, weekly lists, so you can have your, your meeting every Monday with the team and every Thursday with them individually so that you are managing them. Now, here's the challenge with that Thursday meeting. Stop answering all their questions during the week. Stop it. You, when people come to you and ask you a question, you say, great, bring it to the meeting. If someone emails you with a new idea, great, bring it to the meeting. You, you've got to get to the point where you get them to bring it to the meeting. Now, sometimes there are things they ask you which do need an urgent answer. Again, stop answering them, start using questions. If someone says, should we do this? You say, well, what do you think? What would be the benefits of doing that? What would be the benefits of doing this? Lead them to make a good decision. I know it's hard in the beginning because it would be easier for you to just give them the answer, but it's a problem with giving them the answer. You build someone who's entirely reliant on you as a manager and every time they need something, they keep coming to you. So you're not building them as a person. You've got to coach them and educate them by using questions so they become better at their job, not worse at their job. So make sure that's a part of what you do. Next thing we need to understand if, if we're going to get uh, high performance, because remember, management is productive, competent people. Training. What training are you doing for your employees? If you want them to do a better job, you've got to train them. You don't see a sporting team expecting their team to play better the next week without training them. When there's things go wrong, they do training. They don't yell at them, they do training with them. So what training is lacking with your employees? And every one of them is different. Remember this. I learned this great lesson from a gentleman named Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett's probably one of the best football coaches I've ever met. He coaches rugby league down in Australia where I'm originally from. And Wayne said something to me one day, he said, Brad, you don't coach a team, you coach individuals. And you've got to remember this, management, part of management is that every single individual in your team needs a different form of management. 
So if you haven't done profiling, please speak with your local action coach and ask them about how you can do profiling so you can understand their behavioural analysis. Usually for management, we use the DISC profiling tool. Again, chat with your action coach. They've got a whole bunch of profiling tools that you can use and, and, and learn from. Now, why we do that? We want to build a training program for each employee to make them more competent at their job, to make them better at their job. If they're they're not more competent at their job, you can't expect better results. If you want an employee to do better, you've got to train them better. They've got to learn their job better so they can actually get the performance levels that they want to get. And you've always got to remember, you don't build your business, your employees do. So your job as the owner is to build the people that build the business. If you build the people, they build the business. So back to management again. We've got to make sure that they know what their job is. We've got to make sure we're managing them properly. And to do that, we need to have checklists, lists of what they're doing each day, lists of what they're doing each week. But we also need to have a plan with these people. So the plan is something that they can all look at and say, okay, this is where we're going, okay? Now we're moving more into leadership strategies, okay? You understand, competency and productivity is one thing. But we now need to move into more leadership strategies so that we can actually get them more focused, again, the two areas of leadership, passionate and focused people. So do the training, make sure they know their job, measure the results that you want to get, build the person consistently, stop being the superhero. This one kills me. Business owners that want to play superhero in their business, every time an employee makes a mistake, you go in and fix it for them. They don't learn anything new. They keep making mistakes. You keep having to be there and you're tied to the business. I reiterate it. Well, put it this way. Let's imagine your child is, you know, four or five years old and they're learning to tie their shoelaces. The first few times they're learning to tie them is extraordinarily painful. I, I know, I have four kids. And you watch them and you sit there and this, I, I, I could do this in about 10 seconds flat and it's taken us seven minutes already and we need to, we're running late. See, stop tying your employees' shoelaces for them. The reason your kids can tie their shoelaces, one day you let them do it themselves and therefore they learn the process. So if you're playing superhero in your business, stop it. If you're making stupid claims like you can't get good people or no one can do it as good as me or if you want the job done right, you've got to do it yourself, you suffer from superhero-itis. Stop doing that. That one kills businesses. You've got to build the people so they build the business. If you want them to do a better job, train them to do a better job. Manage them so they do a better job. When you give them a task, agree a time frame, agree a level of performance that needs to be done on this thing. So let's move over to the leadership side of it now, because I think the leadership side of what we're looking at is really important. Again, Without management, we don't remove the negative behaviours. If you don't have management, negative behaviours creep in, lack of productivity, lack of competency creeps in, and therefore leadership doesn't work. No matter how good a leader you are, if you've got incompetent and non-productive people, you can't lead them to, to passion and focus. So, number one job of a leader, communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You've got to communicate to your team what's happening, when it's happening, how it's happening. You've got to always be in communication mode as the leader. Videos like what I'm doing here on live are phenomenal, what you can use with your employees. Make sure you're using them. Do a newsletter to your team, but communicate consistently and persistently with your team. That is the job of a leader. If you communicate more, they're focused on where they need to be. See, it means It's hard to keep looking down if someone's always pointing up. You know, it's it's hard to keep them focused, though, if you don't communicate more regularly with your people about what it is and how it works. So, second thing, vision. Vision is very much a big part of it. And if you're going to communicate about something, the vision or mission of the company, where you're going, the direction of the company. Now, let's just touch on vision for a second. 
If your vision of the company is purely how much money you're going to make, that is not a vision, my friends. That is, none of your employees get excited about you making an extra million bucks this year. The vision has to be something where everybody wins. It's got to be a common goal. It's got to be a core where everyone is part of it that wins. And that's like, to give you an example, at Action Coach, our vision is world abundance through business re-education. So who wins by that? Uh, our employees win, our franchise partners win, uh, our joint venture partners around the world win, our customers win, the community wins because we create more jobs, we add more value, we, we, the government wins, we create more tax revenues by helping it and, and create more employment. So, you know, everybody wins out of that vision of world abundance through business re-education. Now, yours doesn't have to be that massive if you don't want it to be. The best vision I can give people to start with is a very simple one of to be the best whatever your business is. So let's imagine you're a, you're a, a garden designer. To be the very best garden designer in Las Vegas, that's here where I live, that could be yours. So in, interpret, the, be the very best, put your business in there, in and put the area in there. And that's a great vision to start with if, you, if you're struggling with a vision for your business. So communicate the vision. Next, communicate the culture. Now, if you haven't documented a culture, jump on my website, actioncoach.com, and take a look at our 14 points of culture. Zappos, another great example of a company with a really good core culture, or they call it their, their values, the five values. So Learn from these companies and put together a written, documented culture. And if you're struggling with that, please chat with your action coach. Make sure they help you through that because it's a very big part of, of what we do, making sure that the direction, if, if you don't have a vision and a mission and a culture statement, it's very difficult to hire great people. It's very difficult to keep great people. It's hard to decide on who is a great person because if you're only deciding on employing people based on skill set, then you're really going to struggle with, with where you're moving to in the future. Don't just employ on skill set. Make sure you employ on passion, on heart, on motivation. You know, what are they excited by what you're doing and where you're going? Next major part of, well, let's just jump straight to number four. Recruiting is a major job of leaders. A leader's number, you know, one of the biggest things they have to do is build people and hire great people. If you're a great recruiter of good people, then that's a great leadership trait. Hiring the best of the best people, finding great people, recruiting them, keep doing that as part of a leader's job in any organization. Setting the goals. Uh, again, with the vision and mission, you've got to break it down to goals. Communicate the goals. What are the goals? Where are they? Me the management is measuring it, but the leader has to set the direction and, and, and give people the focus of where we're going and what we're aiming to do with that. Recognition. Probably the final major point for a leader is that of recognition. Now, I, I see all these books where they say you've got to recognize in public. You know, you don't need to give out employee of the week stuff. All you need to do is send a text message to one of your teams, say, hey, great job today, really really impressed by what you did uh, in, the, in the job for the Smith job, whatever it is. But a text, an email, a phone call, a handwritten note even, you know, just a simple one. Twice a day, every day, Communicate recognition to someone in your organization. It could be a customer, it could be a supplier, but you know, definitely your team members need that recognition. Too many companies when I go into them say something along the lines of, well, well, if I ask the employees, do you hear from your boss more when you do something right or when you do something wrong? Majority of the time they hear from their boss when they're doing something wrong. Make sure your employees, your teammates, hear from you when they're doing something right more often than when they're doing something wrong. Great book on that, Whale Done, a simple book on management and leadership based on how they train killer whales. Very, very important stuff. So, 
Management, get it right. Make sure you've got competent, productive employees. Leadership, passionate, focused employees. Give them something to be passionate about, a vision, a goal, a destination, where you're going. Give them focus by giving them that goal and knowing where they're going. Communicate so that they understand what's going on. And, and inspire them to be more, to do more, and to have more ability in the organization. Remember, great people build your company for you. The quality and caliber of your people comes down to the quality and caliber of your management and your leadership. If you can't get good people, you're correct. You've got to build good people. And to build good people, you've got to be a great manager. You've got to be a great leader. So hopefully you've enjoyed today's sub, uh, topic. If you have, please share it with your friends. Make sure everybody gets to know this stuff so that we can build better businesses out there. Uh, if you're not yet working with an action coach, jump on actioncoach.com, chat with some of our team. Uh, there's a simple way on there. We'll pair you with the best coach for you. But also get on there and learn. There's a whole bunch of videos, a whole bunch of learning. But uh, thanks for being with us today. Hope you enjoyed it and look forward to better management and better leadership. Bye for now. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.